goals that we had set us set aside. We spent a lot of time on our Franklin for All project, and I didn't want us to forget all the rest of the, <laughs> the goals that we had um, that we really want to work on. And so this is kind of a chance for us to get an update and to discuss what we want to do, maybe if we, um, and so that we, I know we won't have much time through the, through the um, master plan process once that starts, but I would still like to continue to push some of these things along if possible. So I'm gonna give it to Jamie. Thanks, Madam Chair. <laughs> Afternoon, Madam Chair, uh, to the committee and um, folks watching at home. Just realized the TV isn't on over here. Um, usually I just look at what's going on, but that's okay. Um, oh, I can see me. <laughs> so I, you don't want to see me. <laughs> so, you know, in the memo for those watching at home, um, there's a memo there with some updates. Um, you know, and I, I tried to put in some uh, details of, of where things stood. Um, obviously, as we look at the list, you know, I think, hope everybody is really proud um, of a lot of the accomplishments here. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot done. And I think most of the hardest stuff that's on the goals has been done, uh, particularly around Frank Corral zoning. Um, we're not done forever, but um, we've obviously spent as a committee and a staff probably a better part of the last year um, focused on those initiatives. Uh, what I did put in here, uh, Madam Chair, is uh, also some of the bylaw or some of the goals that um, we haven't, as a group, uh, the committee hasn't really discussed yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are actually labeled on the agenda. So if folks wanted to talk about them, we could. Um, you know, let's see, we got May, June, July, August, September, October. So we've got about six months. We have a lot of time. November election. We... There is a lot of time. Yeah. Um, you know, the capital subcommittee process is largely done for right now. Mm -hmm. so the capital budget. Um, you know, I don't know about the budget subcommittee. You know, possibly one more meeting, maybe before the budget hearings in a few weeks. But traditionally that hasn't happened and there's nothing scheduled. So as far as I can see, the only other competing demands for time are really, um, you know, uh, the Davis-Thayer Committee, which hasn't been appointed yet. I haven't had time to really get through all that. Uh, but other than that, the EDC should be able to have some more meetings before future council meetings. And if there's a really long debate that needed, we could obviously set up an alternative date on a Wednesday. Um, but I think we're looking from the group in a discussion, and the staff are here as well, um, of just where to prioritize next. Mm -hmm. Does the EDC want to stay on um, a lot of the housing or zoning-related stuff, even though the master plan's kicking off, I think, in a month? Um, I do worry a little bit about too much confluence of all that going on, of discussions in one meeting and then carrying over to another. Uh, but if there are things that folks want to do, we can easily do them. And I would put, my last comment would be, I would, pump, I, I would point out, I think, you know, from the rest of the members of the council, I think at least having some sort of progress or discussion on each of the remaining items and goals, you know, makes some sense. Um, and we can talk about those tonight or if the group wants to prioritize them in the future. Um, you know, we, we, we certainly have some uh, open air here. So uh, happy to answer any questions, obviously, on any of the updates. Uh, but, you know, as I look out, you know, it's like we always say, uh, Councillor Hamlin, um, sometimes it always sit, like feels like a lot of work and we text a lot. And, but then when you look back a little, like you're like, whoa, like there was actually quite a bit done. Um, and there's quite a bit moving along. Like the new style project on here, I know last meeting I announced 100000 in ARPA funds.
months to actually start literally doing some of the remediation. Mm-hmm. And Brian's applying for an EPA grant because they've never had more money at the EPA for this brownfield stuff. So that's another, like, we've done a lot of work on New Style. Probably done more work on New Style in the last few years than we've ever done before. That's really good. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. Like, Thank you to Brian. Uh, yeah. It's really <laughs> quite a lot of research and, and connection to yeah. the grants and stuff. So happy to uh, answer any questions, and I'm sure everybody will have a good discussion. Yeah, I know I know that um, there. we definitely want to continue some of the zoning th- issues, but maybe we do it in the master plan, and then, um, you know, we, we're in that, in that whole process. It, but there are some things definitely I know – People have talked about a lot um, at, at the whole council level is like the sidewalk removal. I mean, snow removal. We not the sidewalk removal, but the <laughs> snow removal from the sidewalk. Um, no, sorry about that. No. That's another thing. Yeah. Um, and and I remember that um, Brutus had put together a map or something already, right, for us to discuss that. So um, I don't know if you guys, if you have any other have any other things. I mean, to me. It's like I really, I'm super, super interested in the home occupation business bylaw, and I know that's going to take a lot of time. So, um, and to do it right, I think we need to take the time. But if we do it a little bit out of time, so, um, Clint, the um, the five G local permitting bylaw. I guess I'm just kind of looking for clarification. Yeah. What that that's really that's really just a policy thing, right? Close to the 
bylaw would have all this, all these kind of things taken into account. So three, Madam Chair, so Councilor Jones raises a bunch of the points. Um, when this goal was originally put on four years ago, um, this was pre-FCC decisions on 5G. Um, There's kind of a slew of things. The original goal was to make sure that um, they just didn't show up on public trees and property right. and that there was like a, a general knowledge, at least from this town, that like you can't regulate it and say we, we're going to charge you $5,000 per permit to put up a 5G. Like that's blatantly illegal from you know the FCC standpoint, which is all regulated by the federal government. What you can do in other towns is said, okay, for $10, you know, we just want to know, you know, a mi not minor fee, we just want to know where they are. Where it is. You know, we're not opposed to them. It's funny how people work, right? I, I, I think the overwhelming demand is for, <laughs> based on when the power goes out, people lose their Wi-Fi for a half hour. It's very clear that streaming in 5G is critical to majority of, of, if not everybody's life, right? Uh, we went through this during the pandemic, too, with remote learning and all this stuff. Um, and so our, our approach was trying to be very simple and say, like, here's the basic regulation. This does require a little bit of research. Um, it definitely requires the staff and as well as Attorney Sorrell and possibly our cable um, uh, negotiation council who are experts in this. There are some other cities and towns that have just chintzed away at it a little bit, a few here. It's not a big deal because obviously we're getting overwhelmed with everything else on the agenda in Massachusetts. And this has kind of just fallen down during the pandemic where they're just kind of popping up wherever the companies need them to go. My guess is, is that when the new deputy comes on, this will be on their plate. Um, to just try to corral a little bit of the research and see, like, maybe a review of where we're at in Massachusetts on these issues. Mm -hmm. I'd like to just at least give the community, like, at least an update, like, at least where this 5G, where the installations are, what's the latest trends. We may realize that we don't need a bylaw, right? We, that could be the end result as well. Right. It may just be what it, it is what it is. But originally there was a lot of nervousness, and, and I think we had some here legitimately too, of, like, wait, are these just going to show up on – King Street Memorial Park on public property. Right, right. Like, you know, we don't know. We don't. And we'll never know where there's where they are. And if we didn't put them start up. early, yeah. Like then we wouldn't. Maybe it would. Maybe just kind of be like the, the horse is out of the barn and we can't catch up. Um, and I got to admit, like obviously we've been also busy. I, I mean, I know there's a few cells in town, but I, I couldn't possibly know if there's you know there's 20 small. or like 100. Yeah, there's small. You know. Yeah. Um, and so. So did they put them on the top of the telephone poles? Mostly right? on the top so of the telephone So it's their poles. Theoretically, we don't know that. Although in Franklin, it's a little easier because National Grid doesn't own a majority of the poles. Okay, right. Not in every town, like where I worked in Hopkins before, NSTAR and, and a couple of other, there was like three utility companies that shared ownership of the poles. Comcast and NSTAR, I think, split the ownership, yeah. which is really difficult. So in Franklin, actually, it might, that's to my point, like it may actually prove to be not a big issue because we do have one electricity company basically for 99.9% .9 of the town. Um, and and so Eversource has just the one road up in Populatic where they, they, they're the electric company. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I say 99.9%. Yeah. Um, and we may realize this is not needed, but I, I, I'd like to at least, I think this would be the, 
to have them just kind of pile look at, some look research, at it yeah, to yeah. give a report back and say hey we looked at it we don't need this we don't need this we need maybe a little bit of this so so what what would what's bad about not knowing where they are I guess is is like to ha to regulate it what what is a um, yeah if we didn't regulate it if we didn't regulate it, I think mainly the concern would be public property, but then I think, as Glenn points out, I think there's a very small population of people that are worried about, you know, Big Brother, they're worried about having one outside their house, they're, right. you know, kind of the same general NIMBY-ish type thing, like, oh, they're going to put a sewer pump station near me, like, why are we doing that? Like, just, I think, more of, more of, like, how do we respond to citizens who may be concerned about the cancer issue, right. or just a variety of others, and say, like, at least we're on top of it. But other than that, um, by this point, I'm not sure exactly what the concern might be, um, other than, you know, maybe down the line, do you have 5G cells on every pole? And I'm not sure that's a problem, but uh, quite frankly, I think that people are willing to sacrifice whatever health risk it is to have streaming. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have streaming, like when the, when the Netflix kicks out and the kid, you know, and the family can't watch the movie, I think that's a greater pain than possibly whatever the health risk is. I will say so it's that. important for business as well. It's important, very important for right. business. Right. Um, Council Jones. Just one question to you and actually to our council. Would it be judgment to maybe suggest to the council or even to this committee to ask like, Verizon or providers to install this equipment to maybe give a presentation on, on what 5G is, on why, why they locate certain routes? Why do they want to? Put them up all over the place. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just kind of give the public a little bit of education as to what they know about any potential health risks or any potential known issues that that five G might present. So at least just to inform the public, I know what they're going to say. They're going to say there are no health risks associated with five G right. because they're the company selling it. But <laughs> right, at least, at least just because we don't know yet. But at least just to kind of give. Some mentioned some presentations to the council and the community as a whole, so everyone understands that this technology is going to continue to grow in the town of Franklin, and this is why this is where this is the potential of confidence. Yeah, I always think inf more information is better. Yes. But maybe when the deputy starts, they can they can put something together. Yeah, can, just kind of kind of circle back. Find some information. Yeah. Okay, so what we'll do is like that one is not high priority at all, right? Great. So the, we're gonna. We can cross that one off, <laughs> right? That I mean, that can become the deputy. The deputy administrator can um, find out that information, and will, and then, and then they can give a presentation to the whole council, right, for people's information. Just a summary report, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of right? update. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like in October is like just to get it under the wire to say we gave it some attention, so we close out the goals. Wasn't like we lost one, so, you know. <laughs> and actually, I'm kind of curious. Maybe like others too. Like I, I just have lost sight. Uh, I haven't read a lot on this in a long time. Yeah, I just I wonder. Just like, like kind of curious, like where it is, you know. Yeah. I, and it's it's curious. It's like I'm curious to know like how many do you have to put to right. get the amount of the the coverage, the coverage right? Yeah. Like we don't even know, right? Yeah. Just uh, by the crosswalk. It's going to 
talk. I was going to say, but Glenn knows where they all are. <laughs> Not all Because he put you like, someone church towers. Yeah. Towers. yeah. But, uh, they wouldn't typically put them in the church towers because they're a, they're a local router. They only have, they only actually go several blocks. Ah. It's not like a cell phone tower. Okay. Like the, no, but like it actually gives better coverage. Okay. Because the cell phone tower, the further you get away from a cell phone tower, that will the worst reception mm-hmm. depending on where the cell phone tower is located. Uh, if you're like geometrically triangular in the middle of three towers, you have really bad coverage. So the closer you get to the tower, the better your signal is. So what this does is this puts a local antenna in more locations so that when you go from location to location, you're basically overlapping. Right, so you, you travel larger, through all the different You have a larger routers. spread in the neighborhood so that when you, you can basically go from one end of the town to the other end of the town, depending again where the infrastructure is located, with almost a continuous level of marks because they're so spread out into the area. But it also, from a police perspective, I don't know if you know this, it's not Jamie, but from a Geo-positioning system perspective, it's much easier to actually pinpoint something mm. because the routers are close together. Right. So the ability to triangulate somebody based on the location of the infrastructure, since the infrastructure is close together, you get a better geo-position because you're close to the antenna instead of having the antenna so far apart. It has to triangulate that, that position. Yeah. But you can basically pinpoint anybody. Satellites, but it basically helps with coverage across the board, which is why they push it. As far as signal is concerned, in other words, the bandwidth that's available, it's still the same bandwidth, it's just putting it closer to the mm-hmm. Thing to uh, say, you know, sort of from a, 
nameplate capacity point of like, uh, here's what can, could uh, be built in this area, but if the regulations don't actually allow them uh, to be built, then we're no closer uh, to meeting our goals. And to me, that's exactly where we are. We're no closer to, to uh, or very, very uh, little bit closer uh, to meeting our goals because we haven't actually changed the underlying uh, dimensional standards uh, behind them. Um, and, and so that would be my number one priority, is looking at and really addressing uh, lot coverage, uh, setbacks, parking requirements, uh, stories, and, and design standards. Um, that would be my number one uh, priority. My second uh, would be number eight, which we had talked about, is, is again looking at our, our shared parking policy. Uh, you know, I, I get that this is another one that we sort of half did. You know, and it, it was a huge change to change our parking requirements to uh, you know both on street and open up um, those town lots. But there's a ton of opportunity still in codifying and encouraging uh, private parking lot owners to share their parking spaces uh, with others, especially off hour uh, type policies. Um, those are going to be very helpful, especially as we are now going to be taxing them uh, and are, are, are putting a fee on um, that impervious coverage through the stormwater fee. And so maybe that's even our opportunity is um, putting that amongst our, our sort of things that, you know, if you have a certain amount of shared parking or a certain shared pol parking policy, um, can, you know, will you be exempt from some stormwater to that? Could that take you um, some funds, uh, something like that. But so those are my, my two big zoning reform um, and, and shared parking. Um, we talk, and then just to throw some others out there and no um, the big priority public art. We talked about sort of public art donation and acceptance policy. I'd mm -hmm. still love to uh, revisit that. Um, and then as we talk about sort of encouraging the type of zoning that we want to encourage. Um, I would love to, you know, at the same time, or really right after, talk about discouraging the types of development that we, uh, you know, no longer find, um, you know, worth, uh, you know, our time and, and, and resources in town. And there are some a few opportunities to do that. One is uh, trees, and this is, uh, you know, something that I've been talking about with the members of the planning uh, committee. Um, Planning board uh, is you know are, there are other communities that have policies around uh, the destruction of trees or the over destruction of trees and, and producing development and having to you know um, uh, grow a certain number of equal trees or, or pay a certain amount per uh, tree taken down that helps us uh, at least you know slow down the sort of uh, wide clearing of uh, spaces for subdevelopment, which we know cost the town and, and hurt the uh, the sort of character that um, I'd like to preserve. So while we're encouraging certain types of development, I'd love to talk about discouraging others. So I know that the Conservation Commission is thinking about a tree one for one policy, tree bylaw, <clears throat> tree to get more things. But it's like it's like there were at one of the last open space meetings I went to, hearing they spoke of they spoke about that at some time to make that part of their um, purview or to work on some other bylaws for the, um, for the, that affect the Conservation Commission. So I think that's kind of, um, that's sort of what they want to do. I know that 
Council Chair. Well, what is the call, uh, Because in the old days, you drive through developments, they have trees all part of each house. And sometimes it's home of the town. <laughs> and at some point, some towns gave to the homeowners to take care of it. What's the color bylaw? Yeah, we have that you have to. Like some of these ones, I don't really see any trees. We do have rules about having to put uh, to plant trees. Uh, and then they actually just revisited you know, whether it's worth having them be able to pay into a pot in exchange for that. There is some that says you have to plant when you create a subdivision, so we're not restricted to any other communities. And we're a tree city now. We are. Right? So we yeah. need to protect our trees. Tree warden. Lower X. Lower X. Yeah. my kids. Jamie, you had your, your appointment at me for some. No, uh, through you, Madam Chair. Um, just to be the uh, skunk at the party. Yeah. Um, you know, public art, I'm there. Like, we've got a plan on this. We're trying to hire a director next year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just, I just got to, like, get everybody back to, I think, the goals that are here. And, like, we got six months. We got maybe eight or nine meetings. Like, I just, I just have to be, like, at least that guy that has to say, like, I, all these are great ideas. Like, I'm, I'm a... Huge fan of the discussion that the Conscom is having about trees. Like I am, I love the idea. Obviously, it takes a while to get done and get through and think about it. I, I haven't even talked to them about it. But um, there's other goals that the council voted on mm -hmm. to prioritize. And um, 40R and shared parking. I mean, I think we went through the 40R discussion. I mean, we're happy to do that if the EDC wants. I think that's 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 a long. That's another one of those debates. Um, because we had the presentation, I think, and I think the staff feel, and I'm just going to say it, Depot Plaza is just a perfect example of something where I think going through an exercise with one builder with a 40R will give us a lot of ideas. When we set out all the rules, you're right, Council for Drill, hey, here's what we're visioning, right? Um, and we can set out those standards if, if the group wants to. Um, the, the downside to that is then you might drive people away. And maybe that's okay, you know, but I think when you get into the 40R piece, that's what could happen, right? And so I, I just want to get back onto the four or five things that are here and in the Franklin for All, which is, is fair, and just make sure we're just staying like within, the, you know, it's part of my job because the contract I have, you know, all that stuff intermingles. So I know okay. this is fun, but like we got to kind of just. I look. think um, Councilor Frangelo meant is that. Um, he doesn't mean through the, the 40R process to do that dimensional and design standard. He means like, like set, I think it's oh. attachment number nine yeah, <laughs> or yeah, something like that that has all of those dimensions on it. Yeah. And we've been talking about it for a long time, right? I and I think there's um, there was a goal from the Franklin for All recommendation about impervious coverage yeah. and a couple of the zones that are, it's just like, there's just too much, like it's not needed anymore. I believe that is what Council Frangillo is talking about. Is that? I misunderstood. I just the point was that in they couched. They said their number one priority is sort of the dimensional stuff and design standards around your downtown. Yeah. And they said that the best way to do that is 40R. And I'm worried that by dismissing 40R, which 
I still would somewhat disagree with uh, moving forward in that direction. But by dismissing that, we're dismissing what they actually said was, these are your top priorities are actually making it easier to build. And, and sort of on that same topic, you know, that's really what's going to make this MBTA zoning communities comply. So. Glenn? Brian. 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 I wanted to. Uh, that brings it, he always brings us back to reality. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Just for a minute. And, uh, we have all these I think, grand ideas. I think everything you talked about is great. I, I do. Um, yeah. On your on the list, you have um, the medical marijuana overlay. Yeah. And that one there. I, first of all, really quickly. What do we need to do with that? Is it just to look at it and say whether it needs to be changed to size or is there something totally different? So that's a conversation we can have at another EDC meeting and the changes will likely be pretty easy to, to accomplish. So just put that on the back burner for me. I think we can accomplish something if okay. we know specifically what the council is looking to do. Mm -hmm. Okay? On the home um, occupation, uh, let me just take a quick... Okay, on the uh, home occupation business bylaw, we currently do have uh, section 185.39, uses access accessory to dwellings, which deals with most of those type of issues. If the council wants to define what else it wants, I'll be happy to write up bylaws accordingly. On the 40R, um, we decided for a while, well, okay, we did have presentation, we did, okay, mm -hmm. so we put it on the back burner. That was number one priority of, of, of the MAPC site. So obviously, um, so those three issues, uh, I think, are, are things that we should be looking at. Of course, snow removal bylaw, that's something that Jamie's gonna deal with, and the 5G local permitting is something that the administration, and we'll be happy to help with that, but the administration will likely be working on that more than us. Um, now, so one thing I'd like to, to, to talk about is that we had, when we did the Franklin for All project, we applied for two grants, we got them both. All right, so we had enough money to spend 30 or $40,000 on implementation of those recommendations. So they're gonna be done this fiscal year, but this fiscal year we decided, okay, we're gonna start out inclusionary zoning, we're gonna work at the dimensional, you know, different issues. We did them in-house, we didn't have a consultant do the work. So we're getting, the money was actually sent to, to the town, that $40,000 grant. We had spent 30,000 of it last year. I have $30,000 I had to spend, so what I did was I talked with Barrett uh, planning, a company that works on uh, planning issues, and we have a contract with them. And what they're going to do is, uh, generally, they're going to take a quick look at our zoning bylaw. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to develop a structure for a 40R smart growth bylaw. It does not mean that it will be ever passed because the council has to agree on all these issues. Right. But there'll be a structure there in case <coughs> the, the council wants to go forward with something along those lines. Um, they're going to do a bunch of miscellaneous uh, um, zoning amendment things with me that I want to get ready. And, and there's a couple of you, you mentioned impervious surface, uh, impervious coverage. It, it is a big uh, deal, especially in general residential five. Right. So maybe. Yeah. 
going forward, a really simple thing like that, it wouldn't take much of much at all to do just a small one item thing in a bylaw done or something like that. Okay, um, you're making me smile right so now. So that so that. but I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about looking at every zone. I'm not no. talking about I'm just talking about I know there's a problem in that specific zone. Right. right. And we have we the other bylaws, we are going with by right uh, multifamily housing up to a certain scale in that zone. But if we do that with the impervious covers the way it is, then we have a very difficult time unless you have, they could get 700 foot, you know, 700 square foot apartments, and that's fine, but they want anything bigger, then they wouldn't really be able to do it. Um, so they're gonna look at, they're also going, those are the biggest things. And one of the things that they will be doing is doing the home occupation, looking at the home occupation bylaw, and assessing it, comparing to what other communities have, and coming up with a recommendation on that. I am so, so those, happy. So those so issues are, are they, we're going, the, um, they have a contract which runs out at the, the last day of the fiscal year, because that's the last okay. time I can pay them. So in the first half of the summer, you'll be seeing some, some things in front of you related to those issues, okay? So um, I know that Jamie and I have been talking about, you know, not overextending and everything, but I have a consultant doing a good chunk of work. Um, and I think that I'm not ready to prepare to take on anything else other than what I just talked about. But those those issues there, I think we can at least move forward. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they are issues <coughs> that you have in your goals, and therefore, I think it's appropriate to do those things. Absolutely. Brian, thank right. you so much. And, All right. and, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's wonderful. One thing Jamie mentioned earlier about uh, New Style, just going to go back that's just a touch, is we did apply already for the half million dollar grant. That's, that has been, and they will be announcing it over the next few months. So Keep our fingers we'll see what happens. Keep yeah. our fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, and the other thing, we will probably put an application for um, a, uh, a mass development, uh, a technical assistance grant for New Style also, because that, that'll, be the, that'll be kind of a, a finishing uh, um, work on the project if we ever, well, if we did get the, the actual EPA grant. Mm -hmm. We'll might probably need a little bit more for, uh, you know, planning, uh, of, you know, what will the neighborhood look like and things of that nature. Because we'll, once we clean it up, we still have a property there. Right. Go on, right? So. <clears throat> all right. So. As far as uh, all your other things, sorry, I didn't want to, I don't want to, I just wanted to get you, I get you every up, up to date on this. And, and I know that uh, Jamie and I haven't talked a whole lot lately about uh, a lot of stuff. We're both in and out doing a hundred things. So, uh, right. but I just wanted to make sure that he, he knew what I was doing. <laughs> and he did, oh, he the did way, sign the contract, by the way, but he probably didn't even, you know. Oh, I knew exactly which one that was. <laughs> Brian, never be sorry. Um, yeah. That was all good news to me, I think, um, and to Councillor Frangelo as well. I there, think, right? Can I, can so, I clarify? Yes. It, I, I'm just trying to figure out what you're expecting for products back by early summer from Barrett. It sounded like I, I think I heard three products. One being a 40R. Uh, district um, draft, second being a home occupation business draft, 
two bylaw drafts and and then sort of alternative targeted downtown dimensional improvements. Uh, didn't throw that one in there. Sort of the, the, the <laughs> things like impervious coverage. Impervious coverage, coverage and, and residential five is something that my department would love to get done and, and, and set it out there for your next meeting. I mean, it's okay. very easy to get that done. It's a one-page bylaw amendment. We can do it. Um, and I think if you ever want to see multifamily in the downtown or around the downtown, you have to address that one issue. There's no sense waiting until a master plan's done, right? Just, yeah. I think you, everybody, all developers know that it needs to be changed, so I think we just changed that. There are some other things that are debatable, which I don't think we should get into right now, uh, as far as other dimensional regulations and other parking this. I mean, we, the master plan's a great, great opportunity to talk about like, yep. all those things. And um, you may, get in a master plan goal, talk about this as a goal, okay? <laughs> Maybe it doesn't get worked out and agreed to in the master plan process, but it will be a, a goal to discuss these certain issues. And you know, I, I think that that is probably the best thing to do because there are a lot of potential changes um, that could happen and uh, we don't have the time if we are going to go with a master plan, we're already doing the open space recreation plan, and we've got a lot of projects, get the new style thing going. There's no way we can take on a lot of different projects all at the same time. But I, I, the things that, but I did mention the things that I know we can do and we can get done fairly um, you know, efficiently. Um, the when you had mentioned the 40R and you you mentioned the the words associated with we said 40R zoning reform, um, understa understanding that those are really two totally different things. 40R, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, zoning reform, if you want to do that, uh, that that's a long-term project that, um, well, if my, pro if my department did it, it'd be a you know, two-year-long thing, and I don't think we want to go there, right, this minute. But I don't know if we ever do. If you want a true zoning reform, top-to-bottom study, Put it in the master plan and appropriate a quarter million dollars worth. That's what that would entail. If you really want to do a zoning reform, which is essentially a rewriting of zoning bylaws, you can do little tweaks here and there, which is what we do. We do incremental changes all the time, you know, and and that's that's all we can do really without uh, putting a major major study uh, on something. <coughs> Say something so I just wrote down number one GR5 and purpose coverage. I think we all agree on that. That fits with um, what we've been doing in our in our franklin for all process. We all know that that needs to change, and um, then maybe we can get multifamilies downtown that we want to see. Two, the, the marijuana overlay district. I think you said we could probably do that, and then when the design stand when when you get the information back from the, um, what is it called? Barrett. <laughs> Barrett. Then we'll talk about those things when they come up. Sure. Right? Fair enough. Jamie? Uh, through you, Madam Chair. So just to go to the marijuana overlay for a minute, because you know this has been something I've pretty much worked on since the day I got here. Um, so just to back up quickly about so what- you, So what, you don't, are you gonna say you don't think it's that easy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is and it isn't. So yeah. there's two pieces to this. One is, we said when we put the bylaw in, 
the town crafted the bylaw based on two things. One, there was clearly a business development market that was there. And I still think this is, and when the deputy comes on board, this is going to be part of their charge about business development and some other things. Um, I think it's still a success story that's really under the radar. Uh, the amount of tax revenue, new growth, the excise tax uh, in the budget, uh, jobs, uh, careers, health insurance, all these great things that have come, uh, you know, big time, you know, billionaire companies buying up properties in the industrial parks that don't even grow their corporate headquarters, right? So this is like a, a small, a great example of like a very, very successful business development <coughs> opportunity this bylaw had, like really, really big deal, right? And hopefully at some point we're gonna be able to get the capacity to tell these stories. Um, when we passed the bylaw, there was one that, that basically the concern, as all of you remember, was don't put it downtown, right? right? Yes. And put it in the industrial parks and we worked around it. Since then, I think the market has generally settled out um, you know, we've got some, you know, we've got retail stores up and going, we've got medical, we've got grow, we've got uh, manufacturing, we've got kitchens, all this stuff. But there have been some property owners over the years that have said, look, we don't want this anywhere near here. Um, and I, I will highlight the YMCA. There's a couple of parcels that, that straddle within their zone because of the, the, the buffer zone, can't be near there. And they kind of said over the years, like, just whenever you get a chance, can you just take away the parcels around the Y, we're not going anywhere. There's a lot of those little things that the staff can do to tweak the bylaw to shape the parcels that are available. Remember, a couple churches owned properties that cut areas out. So just looking at the map and the parcel by parcel is something at the staff level we can do. And even a cleanup, if you will, is like enough of something we need to do based on the market that's out there. The second issue is, now that it's been, um, the market has kind of settled out, there's a, a full regulatory compliance structure in place. The second part for the EDC and the council eventually, uh, possibly, is really, do you want to expand anywhere else, right? Um, is it fine the way it is? Is a cleanup okay? And then, is there more that you want, right? Maybe so, maybe not. Um, the legislature a couple years ago did a whole reform package that we're aware of, and I'm not suggesting you do it. I just think that maybe a little bit of a refresher on what the regs are now and some of the changes. Mm -hmm. The town has not looked at the bylaw really at all since the original bylaw went through. And I think from the staff, we'll do our own diligence. But if the, count, if the EDC does not want to entertain that second issue, it's OK. Um, I think that makes the bylaw change a lot easier because it's just a cleanup. Right. But if there's some more, we need to hear that feedback from the EDC and the council about what else the community might be prepared for. Okay. And that was the point of this goal as well. So. Right. Thank you, Jamie. Mm -hmm. Councilor Jones. <clears throat> I mean, I would certainly love the opportunity to highlight some of the accomplishments, as, as you mentioned. I'd hate to see that opportunity go up in smoke. Um, but I knew he was going to do that. It was like on his face that the, that the joke was coming. It was coming. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that was that was <laughs> unbelievable. It's a high priority for you. Sorry, it's bad. <laughs> you just had to catch it. Um, but Jamie's right. Jamie's right. That was quite literally uh, a huge success story. Mm -hmm. And for many of us who have been around long enough, when those when these first discussions came along, um, uh, Jeff, remember Tom, brought it up, saying, "This is what I see coming. Yeah. We should do this now before we even pass law." Right. And we did, and that was one of the smartest one things of the that we did, was, was set it up ahead of the game, and 
now we're reaping the benefits, benefits because we were, think, we were thinking ahead of the game, and here we are today reaping the benefits. Um, it would be nice to highlight, have an opportunity to highlight that. I mean, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, Jamie, in regards to kind of a cleanup and reshuffling. Uh, curious question, I'd be, I, I was wondering, as you just pointed out a second ago, is there a chance that, for instance, a property that was uh, not zoned because it was a church or, or, or play school or preschool or whatever um, that may have potentially, since this has been added, left and we can now actually fill in the yep. gaps? Kevin Circle. That's one of the bigger areas. There is the Amigo School now up the street on Grove, so some of those parcels have to come out. Mm -hmm. um, Brian, did you have any other parcels that you thought of? Well, the charter school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, down in that section, of we have, you know, the, the charter school, anything within 500 feet of it cannot be utilized for that. So there's a lot of changes. However, our bylaw, and the map, the map itself was a, a map of, at the moment, the way it was. But the bylaw kind of self-regulates in a way, in that if a school comes in, nobody around that school can, can put marijuana in there anymore right. until the school goes away, right? Or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if, the, if it's colored or certain thing on the map. What, what it is is if anything to the, the west and south, any industrial property west and south of 495 that is not within a certain distance of certain things, right? right? So if those things go away, like the, this, you know, on Kenwood, then that, therefore it's, it automatically amends the map, essentially, okay. right there. <clears throat> When the charter school came in, that's a big change in the map, but we didn't necessarily have to change the map all the time, just because it is self-regulating in a way. Um, and there'll be other you know, other examples that are we're down that way, I'm sure. Like you said, the Amigo School and, and others. Um, the, the YMCA, for instance, is, they have a, I'm sorry. Okay. On the YMCA, they have a daycare type of yeah. facility. Therefore, nothing within 500 feet of that property can be developed. Whether it's on the map or not, right. it can't be developed for a marijuana facility. I would just say, if you're looking for direction, I would feel comfortable uh, empowering you to come back and suggest uh, okay. small cleanups. I'm not hearing any uh, strong demand for uh, opening up or, or you know making uh, use of the, of the you know pot cafes that are now legal and things yeah. like that. I, I just don't I don't hear that uh, demand. If there's opportunities for cleanup, I would empower you to, to do so. Uh, but I don't I don't feel any personally don't feel any need for any yeah. on that front. No, I agree. I, I agree. Okay. I think we all agree on that, Jamie. Uh, any I just uh, I appreciate that, Councilman Pajello, and. Um, one of the issues with the cleanups, Brian's right, those areas get zoned out, but the part of the problem is those property owners continue to get called. Or we get calls saying, what about that parcel? And so taking those off helps okay. the property owners sometimes sure. go, it reduce the, the inquiries the stress. about that. Okay. And then second, I guess I would just say like, are we good with the industrial parks? Or is there any other appetite for a C2? I just want to cut, I just want to know because 
you know, I don't think there's a lot of opportunity, and it may not be cafes, but manufacturing or any of those other uses, where do people feel pretty comfortable with the industrial parks, the locations they're yeah, at? I'm hearing. I think we're okay. Okay, great. That's really right. helpful. Yeah. That, that helps, because a lot of people ask all the time, like, yeah. why not here? Why? Do, I mean, we get a lot of calls from these things, and I get a lot of calls from, you know, seltzer manufacturers and, you know, different, like, um, drivers, right, uh, delivery businesses. We don't allow delivery um, businesses to pop up. Bellingham does. There's actually a nice synergy, believe it or not, because Bellingham prohibits um, all of what we allow, <laughs> and it's the inverse. So they benefit from one market, and we have a different market. So there's a lot of extensions. I just wanted to make sure and clarify that, that you were comfortable with the industrial parks and things like that, because it comes up you know, this is also like I, I would very much empower you to be like, hey, okay. you're missing out on this massive like revenue opportunity, okay. and you know this big company wants to come to town, and they just yeah. need like half the block. I mean, you know, if, if there's opportunities like that, okay. let us know. Let's, All right, that's great. Talk, but, uh, that's really helpful. It, it really, this is the most discussion we've had on this in like five years. So, <laughs> like I've been, with, you know, kind yeah. of just trying to get yeah. some direction, I mean, and this is really helpful. So this, I, this is I great. I feel like we're we are somewhat plateau on the yeah. Yeah. amount no of we demand. No question. Yeah, and the delivery thing, I'm kind of confused about. Like, they don't deliver from the, from like NEDA or something. We don't. No, it actually has to be like another third. I think that was part of the Cannabis Control Commission's okay. concept of the war on drugs was to was to give another section of the, the industry to those who had been impacted by the war on drugs. I think that that's a regulatory thing. So I think okay. specifically, it's like a wholesaler deal with like alcohol. <laughs> there has to be a middleman to be able to make that happen. So uh, we'll pow out as a staff and we'll come back with some recommendations. Okay. Much, much appreciated. All right, great. Thank you, Jamie. All right, so we have um, GR1 impervious coverage, right? Then the marijuana overlay district, then the design stuff when Brian gets that back from Barrett. And um, do we really want to talk snow? Do we want to talk snow? I think, I think, um, I think it's one of the council's it was a council goal, um, and it definitely is one that comes back every year. But I know Bruce has a map. He's at, he's changed the map a little bit, and I think we should at least see what he's done. So um, of course now we have even a longer list, <laughs> right? Three metric. Yeah, but we yeah. just got an update. We know. I think the next one is the snow, because. We're going to get the updates on the bylaws that Brian mentioned later in the summer. So as I just look out over the next five, six months. But he can do. He said he could do GR five yeah. impervious coverage. Oh well, that's quickly. fine. That's fine. Well, that's so quick, and it's going to go through so fast. Well, and that's that's yeah, what we really. I mean, everybody's sitting here going, "Let's do it. Let's, let's get it done." So I just we, expect that's the rubber stamp. We really want to do. Like, that's right. like the number one thing we want to get done. That's fine. Okay. Okay. And then you want to do snow after that, or do you want to wait till the fall? Um, I would like to do snow before the, the, the snow comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I want to talk about it now, so we'll that before yeah. it gets before people before it gets heated. Yeah, before it gets no, no, before it gets cold and snowing. No, because before pe before people get stuck in the snow, right? We have to have an idea of what we expect from people, right? Um, and um, this is the time to do it. So. Um, you can, you can, whichever one you get done first, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the thing. We'll you got to put stuff together. In one meeting. Yeah. Okay.
You can at least have the map. I know the map's ready. I, I will say the snow piece will be a multi, I'm sure it'll be multiple meeting discussion. Definitely. Because um, there's some odd, as you remember, like, Brutus has some pretty good numbers about, like, you know, the concerns about downtown, but yet where we save time and money is, like, out here, right? Yeah. And so there's some yeah. odd, if we're trying yeah. to free up DPW to do more downtown, you know, so there's some odd cause and effect. I think that the goal decision. here is to make sure that people can walk to all of the um, facilities and to get the stuff that they need to. They need to sure. be able to get to the train station uh, from these apartments across the street, right? They need to be able to walk down the street. They need to be able to get to the supermarket, yep. right? And so um, I think, and to get ice cream, <laughs> very important. <laughs> But it, but it's like to get so people can get around to get to the things they have to get to, right? So that's kind of what I think should be the, um, yep. you know, the focus of of that, um, right? Yeah, I, some of our, our lowest income and highest immigration populations are living up and down 140, and you see them during the snowstorm, which we we're lucky to avoid this year, having to walk on 140, mm -hmm. which is a scary place, just to get to groceries. Uh, those people do uh, still live in France, but there's a growing population of people that still uh, walk to uh, many of their basic needs and making sure that they are as safe uh, as the rest of us is important. Yeah, so I think you have, you have your, do you have your list? I'm ready to go. <laughs> you guys ready to go? I wish we had the GR5 tonight. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah, that's that's like really exciting to me. Everything is. <clears throat> Everything, everything Brian said right. is really exciting to me. I'm very excited about this. I was gonna. Do you want? You have to. You want to say something? Could, could I? Yeah. yeah. The only other thing would be, you know, there's so there's more money than ever, uh, both philanthropic and from the state, to uh, redo zoning for MBTA communities. And so just making sure that we're staying aware of funding opportunities to relieve, you know, your staff from technical assistance to redo, redo those. I'm very confident that what, what we've done so far is not sufficient to meet the MBTA uh, law. There will need to be further changes to Schedule 9. If that's too much of a task for, for you guys, fine. Uh, but there's a good amount of money uh, available. So just keep, keep an eye on that. Can I respond quickly on that? Definitely, Brian. So, um, MEPC has run uh, the model for us, and we don't meet the, the numbers for a couple mm -hmm. reasons. Um, if we change the impervious on, on R5, I think that will bring us very close right off the bat. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Um, the, one of the issues that uh, Department of Housing and Community Development has stated is they won't accept multifamily in the downtown unless you have it you allow it on the first floor also. We don't allow it in our zoning. So if we start, start saying, yeah, multifamily in, in our downtown core can be allowed on the first floor also, we, we'd be done. But yeah. in my opinion, we did that for a reason. <laughs> and matter of fact, we did it at a time when the housing community development you know, was actually pushing Right. Mixed use, yeah. first floor, commercial right. only, all that kind of, all these kind of things. Now they're pushing the other direction on, because right. they have mandates to improve, to increase the amount of housing in, in their in MBTA station. So they're not looking at what they used to push in the past. Now they're pushing 
we have to have housing, housing, housing near the stations, and that's fine, and we do, but I don't think we want to throw out what we've done um, just to make them happy necessarily. Uh, and uh, part of our my contract with Barrett uh, Planning is to help me for a few hours on, on, on that MBTA uh, assessment also. They're going to be looking at the issue with, with me and with MAPC and Amy. So I, hopefully we'll get it. If we don't, we'll come back with, a, with other amendments to, to change whatever. But uh, I really don't think that, you know, we, we have like impervious coverage can only have a certain amount and everything like that. And C1 that we allow like 90%, right? Okay, that's great. And if we allow 45%, say now in GR5, we're going to be, it's, it's hundreds more housing units that could be developed according to uh, the state. But in reality, it's not. Because the housing units are per square foot of a lot area, not based on how much open space you have on a parcel and that are required. So. They're looking at, their formulas are based on what they, they're basing things on, and a lot of communities, including us, are, are saying, that's not how we do things. Right. You know, our, our zoning bylaws are written a certain way. Look at them carefully in that way, and we would already be done, but we'll, we'll work with them, we'll get this thing done, and I think the impervious coverage is gonna get us very, very close, and probably over the top very quickly. Thank you, Brian. Okay. Glenn, did you no. have a final vote? No? Okay. All right. Well, I guess I will accept the motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you, everyone. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.